This episode is sponsored by Furniture Box. Check them out in the description below. Welcome to the ground floor. Our guest today is Andrew Deverell-Smith, the founder of Deverell-Smith, which is a property recruitment agency that's now gone international and has been for many years. So, Andrew, thanks for being here, man. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Well, I was just saying to you before you press roll, I'm a little bit nervous uh, having sat on your side of the uh, yeah. mics a few times before, but never yeah. on this side. So be yeah. gentle. Yeah, yeah no, we will. Don't worry. Andrew actually hosts uh, his own podcast. Do you want to tell the people a little bit about that? Yeah, it's something that somebody else came up with. And, um, cool, let's leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, well, get the plug in now that you're offered. It's called Devcast. It's all about talent, real estate, people's life journeys. Just, just, just kind of um i don't know what is it it's a gateway to what um i think younger people can probably look to in terms of one direction in life generally yeah. that's the theme i'd say okay i remember watching the episode with finn Chatton when it came out when was that was that 2020 i feel like it was a while no, ago was no. it earlier than that no later yeah was it yeah yeah, I remember listening to that because I, I followed Alex for a while. Um, and that was, yeah, it was interesting. You should really get him on here. He is I'd love to, I've a tried. real player. Yeah, I've tried. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I've tried. Um, but yeah, for anybody listening then who's not that familiar with Deverell Smith, do you mind just giving us a bit of background to what you were doing prior to setting the business up? Not a lot. It's a short answer okay. to that. Um, I, uh, very quick story. So um, went to university in Manchester, didn't work hard enough to get uh, a pro proper grade of, of a degree. Had a great time up up there. Knew I wanted to be in London. Right? I, I, I always, always, always knew I wanted to be. Not that I'm a Londoner, but I knew I wanted to be in London. I came to London looking for any kind of job because I hadn't worked hard enough to get a graduate type, you know, career job. Yeah. Uh, fell into a sales job, didn't like it. Fell into another sales job, didn't like that. What kind of sales? Well, fun, but, like to go back further, I'd always had a job from an early age. So it wasn't like I was work shy or anything. Yeah. I I'd, 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 I'd genuinely worked a lot from the age of 14 or whatever it was. And I'd worked in sales all the way through university. Anyway, my first job in London. It was like a boiler roomy type mm. sales environment. No real issue with the environment other than what I was selling. What I was selling was borderline. Been there. <laughs> It wasn't illegal, it was nothing, but it was just a sort of case of, right, if I ring a thousand people, 950 will say no, 50 will say maybe, 10 will say yes. You sell them advertising in this book that you're producing, which is their words, mm -hmm. stick it together, you send it back to them and they pay you money. I, I, I just couldn't get, mm. couldn't get comfortable with it. I was rubbish at it and I left. I think it's hard to really be invested in that kind of business from the start, I'll be honest with you, if it is just a case of literally phone anyone it was a mad thing though you know and i tell you what it did do for me was it showed me what you know one end of the sales spectrum looks like and so after that i fell into my now career recruitment and boy oh boy was it easy compared to what i was doing you know it was it was tough and such a range of people there was it was a trading floor environment 200 300 people on that floor from every walk of yeah life. yeah I can imagine. Yeah, I think that's the thing with recruitment. You just get such a different or such a, a variety of backgrounds and personalities. I think it's that kind of industry, isn't it? And as you said, like it's the it's the range and like because I've, I've I started in that boiler room environment too. And as you say, I think once you've been through that and you've seen that environment, I think it's good for cutting your teeth. I would say in a sales environment. Yeah, definitely. I, def I definitely feel like that made me a salesman. But uh, yeah, then everything else is like a parallel. Yeah, parallel opposite. It was. Um... It, I, I don't I don't regret it for a second. I was just deeply mm. unsuccessful at it. Yeah, <laughs> no, fair enough. Right. So how did you fall into recruitment then? I saw an advert. This is, um, I'm older than you two. Back in the day, uh, 2001, two, there was the loot in London. The loot was a yellow paper that you went to to find a flat or find a job. Okay. And it was- The Google back in the day, essentially. <laughs> But better. But better. Okay, <laughs> fine. Okay. No, but you, um, you get these at the tube stations and everything. And um, I saw an advert and it said, do you know anything about property? And I knew a little bit about property because my now wife, then girlfriend, I'd, always, I'd been with for a long time and her dad was an estate agent. I used to work for him in my okay. uni holidays and what have you. Do you know anything about sales? And I'd had all these different sales jobs. And so I thought, oh, yes and yes. And it said, do you want to make 
I won't say the number because it's a bit crass, but do you want to make X amount of pounds a year? Mm. And I thought, oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. So I applied for the job and I got it. And that was that. That's how they get you. It's the on-target earnings, I feel like. It's the, yeah. That's the figure. That you hear those KPIs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, okay, cool. So then you were working for which company? They don't exist anymore. Okay. Um, and it was tiny, you know, six people in a room, not joking, a third of the size of this one, which is a really big podcast room for anyone uh, watching yeah. and listening. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It was tiny. And um, yeah, I just got the job and I didn't hold back. I just got my head down. And was that property recruitment you were doing? Yes. It was? Yes. Specifically estate agency recruitment. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know. I mean, how how boring do you want me to get? But it, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, you'd have to do, I don't know, 20 deals a month. Okay. To get, be eligible for commission. Not right? to be eligible commission, but to live, um, well, to, to, for me to sort of get to where I wanted to Fine, be, to I'm pay right. the rent okay. and to have a weekend and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just do that kind I'm of stuff. You. Okay. And you were doing that for six years, you said? No, it wasn't that long. The story is that I actually quit on my th um, at the end of month two. <clears throat> okay, excuse me, and um, because I got my first commission check, and uh, the guy that owned this business was a character. Let's say that, okay. <laughs> and uh, he he had an office just right down within eye shot of where I sat, and he watched me open my commission check, and um, and I opened it, and you know when you go to payslip, you go to the bottom right hand corner, right? Yeah, that's where, yeah. you, that's where you head. Fast, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and it was thirty eight p in commission, and I um, I'd been totting up my billing. I'd build in month one, build in month two, month two got my month one commission check. I thought, so I literally got up, not that I carried a bag or anything. I just walked out, and he chased after me and said, "Oh no, no, no!" Anyway, I resigned month two, um, and he managed to convince me to stick with him, but. He accepted my resignation, and from that day onwards, I was self-employed. So commission. Oh, really? No salary. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wait, hang on. How come it was 38p? Because I don't want to name names, but he was, um, he was, he was pretty cute, or you know, he came up with all these excuses, and I just, you know, I wasn't interested. And... So just one of those ones where he just didn't give you the commission. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Basically. So I mean, you... yeah, I think there was probably a degree of fairness in some of it but you know mm. yeah. i wasn't there to make 38p a month commission yeah, yeah. understandably greedy yeah. really <laughs> yeah exactly I know. yeah I know. the audacity yeah really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um well i mean yeah being self-employed in recruitment for month two that's uh yeah true story. End, isn't it? Okay. well it is and it isn't it's a true story and um you know i, I it was the best thing i ever did in a way yeah in a way one of the best so how long were you doing that before you decided to branch out on your own? Uh, I don't know, about three years. About three years. So my deal, I think we're getting very recruitment heavy, but I don't mind sharing. I'll answer your questions. My deal was I got 30p in the pound, right? So what I build, I get 30p in the pound. And, um, you know, it was okay. I, the, the, the decision was driven purely by ego because I was living with my best mate at the time who was a self-employed mortgage broker. He was earning more money than me. And I thought, well, I want to be like him. And therefore, I took the deal and I just got my head down. You know, there's no, nothing interesting about it. I just worked harder than those around me because yeah. I had to, because there was no safety blanket. And, um, and, and I did it for three years, but bit by bit, you know, I just knew this environment was not what I wanted to be in. You know, bailiffs were in and out of the little shoebox and I was dealing with it even though I wasn't employed by this company mm. you know the guy I was sort of not working for but kind of sort of around was just not for me yeah I'm with you okay so you're not happy and you think you want to you know go your own way with it um how does that even come about you quit <laughs> no right I mean in all seriousness it I get asked this question a little bit from people from time to time it's like, oh, what was the big idea there wasn't a big idea the idea was that I'm 26 years old. Mm. I, I'm not employed. Um, I'm tagged to this other entity that I don't really believe in. Mm. And uh, what have I got to lose? And if I don't do it now, um, you know, when are you going to do it? And if if I fail, so what? It's a good mentality to have, and that still rings true today. 
to be honest with you. I yeah. think, you know, if you don't have the commitments that sort of tie you down and I think that's you. it. I think, honestly, I think you've hit the nail on the cord. That I, th- I think it's stuff I'm now 43. I've got three kids. I've got, you know, bills and all the rest of it. Will I, might I, could I do it again? Mm. You know, I'd like to think so. But, um, you know, back then it was, it was, it was a small decision or a big decision, I think, mm. really. And so how long were you going then on your own before you made your first hire? Well, I tried to hire people all the time and they kept saying no. So it took me, in fact, I tried to <clears throat> convince people to come in with me and they kept saying no. So, okay. Right, <laughs> so, okay. so I'm obviously a terrible recruiter. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but I know exactly who it was and she, if she's watching, I don't, you know, she, she follows much of what I do, but, um, she was, I don't know, the 10th person. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, it, I got a series of no's before I got a yes. And, yeah. Um, it was great. It was great when I got a yes. And mm. I'd like to think um, she doesn't regret it either. You know, it was really, it was a really exciting time. Really, really, really cool time. And what made you, oh, go on, sorry. Well, no, I was going to say like, you know, so you've you set up your own agency. Um, how do you get your first deal? You know, you've just branched out on your own. Day three, deal. Um, like, I, and and I don't want to sound arrogant. I mean, how do how? I mean, for anyone who knows the recruitment industry, it's not complicated. It's like find job, find candidate. Um, well, for anyone that doesn't know the recruitment industry, how? Do yeah, you- well, <clears throat> I think most people that go and set up their own companies probably do something aligned to what they were already doing or closely resembling that, right? So it's not that you got to. Some people don't, and I mean all of those people, but it's not that I had to educate myself of what the job mm. was or educate myself what the market was. Um, so it really was a case of, um, and bear in mind I was self-employed, so you know, yeah. I had clients. Yeah. You know, it was really just a, it was really just a continuity right. exercise mm. rather than a, um, you know, I'm a recruitment son and now I'm going to go and um, build a, you know, tech company. Yeah, well. yeah, I'm with you. So, so but, it's very easy. So you had, so, so you have clients in terms of getting candidates for those positions. How does that come about? Uh, what in that occasion? I well, in general, I mean, so you know, let's say Skeet has a company, and you know, he's your client, and he does his recruitment through you or whatever. Mm. Uh, how do you get deals? How do you find people to take those jobs? I think it depends where you are in the game, right? So I'm now 20 years in, and look. It's the hardest thing about, for me, it's the hardest thing about the job because if that wasn't the challenge, we wouldn't exist, right? Mm. If companies could just put the adverts in windows and find the perfect person, they would. 100% they would, and they should. So um, finding candidates is hard. Now, I, I think in some ways, the longer you do this, the easier it gets because you build a network and yeah, a brand sure. and you can offer yeah. favors and you know where to look. <clears throat> And in some ways it gets harder because you become older and cynic, more cynical. And, you, you know, I, I would hope in my case, your standards rise and rise and rise and rise and rise in terms of what good really looks like. Mm. So that's been a really weird thing. I've been doing this 20 years and, and, and it's still, I find it really fascinating around, you know, that, 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 that pursuit of the perfect candidate for the organization and, you know, if there is an art to what we do, I think that's it. So what do you think would set Deverell Smith apart then from the competition over that 20 year period? Because as you said, it's not necessarily complicated to go out and set up your own recruitment agency if you've been in the industry already for X number of months or years. So given the saturation in that market, what has made your business successful when others haven't? Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I think about it a lot and I don't think about it a lot at the same time. I don't, you know, as much as I'm really proud of who we are, I don't look at us as super successful. You know, I I look at us as something I'm proud of, mm. um, but can see all kinds of areas for improvement. So, look, we are by recruitment industry standards medium to large. Um, How big are you now? Uh, sort of headcount wise, uh, about seventy-five to you know. That globally. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get on to globally. Well, when you ask me, but um, we um, 
I've lost my chain of thought. The question is, what was the question? As a, what's, what sets you apart? What, what's made your business I think, successful? When I think, um, I think, look, recruitment is an industry I'm really, really proud to work in. But I also look at it like this. You know, if an alien flies down from outer space and lands on planet Earth and says, right, you're a recruitment consultant, what's the difference? It's very, very difficult to articulate that answer. You know, I think it's in the nuance. I don't think it's in this big statement, you know, we're different because I think it's in the everyday, every touch experience that, you know, our customers, clients, candidates, call them whatever you want. I think if you can do that consistently, meaningfully better, that's the difference. You know, yeah, I could sit here and tell you great stories around what we've done, others haven't, or, or, but... You know, that goes in a flash. Mm. I think the the secret to success is just being consistently, meaningfully better. And a lot of that would stem, obviously, from the people that you bring on board as well. Yeah, totally. The people, um, people and the environment and culture that you create, you know, and, and um, I see that really, if I've done one thing reasonably well, I hope it's that, it's instill that care and attention and passion and standards into who we are and what it is that we do and what what it is that we do isn't saving lives but it can make a difference and um i think recruitment's a really easy job but it's really easy to get wrong mm. Mm. that's very true it's a good way to put it that's very true. speaking of that culture you um you recently introduced unlimited annual leave i believe is that right yes we did can you talk a little bit more to that and why you made that decision because uh, we got board accounting holidays <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I just think, um, you know, it wasn't my decision again. It was a collective decision. And it's, look, you know, I always say to people, um, you know, as the business has grown, fewer and fewer people report into me. But but I do run our executive search arm, one one function of the business. And, I, you know, you're talk adult to adult, you're having conversations. And they say, oh, how many days holiday do I get? And I always think... I. I sort of know the answer to that question, but like my response is if I'm having to count or you are, there's a bit more of a problem within that. Mm. It's like, I'm not asking you to work your weekends, mm. but from time to time, I'm hoping you'll want to, not because I, I want you to, it's because you're full of this passion to deliver on behalf of your client. That means, oh, you know, not, not 10 hour days over the weekend, but, but, but so for me, it's just this trust and trade thing. It's like, I'm not, I'm not counting. And if I have to go and count, there's probably more of a problem than the amount of holidays you've taken. Mm, Does no, that make sense? No, I completely agree. I've always thought it's crazy. I haven't done the corporate thing for a while, but I always find it crazy when, you know, I mean, you even said the other day, you know, about this idea of like, I've only got one but or a half day. It, it's like it's really work or... it's really important for me to add you know we're not this sort of you know, utopian type of environment where you know everything is just easy if and i'm not say, saying we have these people if you were just woefully kind of below par like or above par no, i'm not a golfer um you know missing every mark turning up to work late when you're there and going and booking you know like seven months in guatemala of course yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, there's going to be a yeah, conversation. Yeah. A bit of common sense, yeah. But it's it's trust based situation, and I th I think the longer I've done this, yeah, you can motivate people for a minute or an hour or a month mm -hmm. or. But 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 to, you know, for me to try and continually motivate you, I think is a waste of my energy and a waste of your own in a way. It's like mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking for people who want to do this for them. Yeah. And what I want to do is create this environment that works for them because I'd experienced an environment that didn't work for me. Mm. So I'm doing all I can just to create this platform mm. yeah. that enables people to build their dreams. And there's, there's, go on. I was going to say, and how have, you, how have you actually gone about building that over the years? Um, slowly uh, is, is, is probably the honest answer. You know, I started the company with 1,500 pounds, right? Okay. So um, that is what it is. And it was a case of roll your sleeves up and sacrifice, you know, earn a bit, save a bit, spend a mm. bit, earn a bit, save a bit, spend a bit. Over the course of that um, journey, call it the first five years, I made a ton of mistakes. I never run a company before. I didn't know who I wanted us to be, really. But, and, and the mistakes have continued all the way along. I think what really... Uh, matters is like um 
caring about the environment that you want to create. You know, I've tried to create an environment that I'd want to work in. You know, I go to work, I spend more time at work with people that I work with than my family. So Yeah, we all do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, it's a selfish exercise of trying to find a balance between, you know, um, the sacrifices that you have to make when you, you know, when you go to work mm. to, you know, a, an environment you can't wait to get to and you want to stay within. Mm. Yeah, it's a hard balance to find. On the topic of um, of actually building the business, I'm curious. Obviously, you're you know you've got a niche. You're in property recruitment. Um, what is the kind of, uh, or maybe not in general, but your specific angle of when someone is looking to recruit with a company? Uh, why would they choose a niche company over, let's say, a big dog that does all different sectors? Because uh, the niche company, ninety nine point nine times out of hundred, will know more about that niche. Right. I figured that would be the case, but I wasn't sure because I'm wondering why would any big companies mm. even waste their time, you know, covering uh, all the different. No, sectors. they've got their own rule. You know, that's not to knock these big global super successful companies. I've got respect for all of them, um, but I think it's like anything. You know, if you want to go to a master craftsman, not suggesting I'm one, but but you know, the best of the best of the best of the best at anything do one thing really well. Mm. That's true. Yeah. You know, so no, yeah, that's true. So, at what point did you think that you wanted to go international? Um, how when that, Brexit how happened, that about? okay, fine. Yeah, I mean, kind of the yeah, without joking, I I thought that's without getting too political about things. I just thought, oh, you know, here's here's a long, long, you know, a lot a, a long load of headwinds coming our way. Um. I think it was kind of vanity to a degree. I, I I'd built the business to a reasonable standard over wherever we were then, 12 years, 13 years. So it was a sort of challenge myself moment. Uh, we had a great, you know, layer of senior people in the business and I wanted to, one, sort of get a bit, f give myself a new project to give them space and also to say to the company, you know, we're, we're here to keep growing and keep evolving and, you know, do, do new cool stuff. Yeah. And how did you find the process of actually building that from scratch? Was it as straightforward as you found it in the UK? No. How so? Uh, <laughs> well, um, I think this says more about me than um, what a textbook should tell you as to how to launch this company look we we looked at a couple of regions well three one was the middle east one was the far east and one was the u.s and um different people were pointing us in different directions i picked the u.s for a few reasons one time zone two language mm. um and three what i saw the opportunity to be um, now, you know, it was really quite interesting and humbling. And then we picked New York, right? And don't ask me why we picked New York, but, but I would say to you because it was a tried and tested kind of, you know, uh, flight route and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it's a major city capital, but probably ego driven as well. It's like, who doesn't want to go and open an office? Yeah, no, I can understand that. I can understand that. So... I got there and no one had a clue who I was at all. Um, no one, uh, it was interesting, to, like the recruitment industry is far less mature, like that mid-market recruitment industry. Oh, is it? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I think it's changing, but, it, but, but they were like, you do what? You help me recruit people? What? what? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Um, and it turns out we don't quite speak the same language. As much as I got a million American friends and I, mm. I love, I love, you know, so much about the country, we don't talk the same language, so it was tough. And then New York is tough, you know. You yeah, gotta, I can imagine. You, you, um, you've really got a hustle. So, yeah. no, it's tougher than I was expecting. Um, but it was thrilling. Uh, made a load of mistakes. Would do it differently if I went again. You know, mm. like expensive. My mm. God. No, oh, I know. Imagine. I started comedy in New York, and I go there quite regularly. It's it's insanely expensive. I 
You think London's expensive, mate? London yeah, I've not been to Manhattan, so yeah. I'd, it's uh, another level. You can't step outside your house without spending 30 bucks or something. It's really? Like, it's insane. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> it's, I mean, what a yeah. town, but yeah, oh, it's so expensive. No, I can, I can believe it. You know, yeah, I struggle with it, to be honest. What do you think is the... Um, what do you think is the biggest misconception about recruitment? Because I think recruitment gets quite bad. A bad it does get quite a bad rap. There's a lot of stigma. I think. I think it deserves it. If I'm honest. Interesting. Okay. No, I think it deserves it. I think. Um, I think. You know, w w whatever line of our industry you're in, you're generally raising an invoice for certainly four figures, five figures. And that is a lot of money to most people. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, I question, I question the experience the client has or the understanding the client has in terms of the work you've done to just, you know, you know, you know, ping them a, ping them an in invoice for call it, eight grand, 10 grand, whatever, pick your number. And then what's mad, I think, about our industry, and I'm guilty of this, I think we all are, but but what's we're particularly bad at this is, uh, and that's the last you hear of them. Mm. It's not a, let's stay in touch, mm. how's your life going, how's the, the dude or dudess you put into the job going, is there anything I can do for you just to, you know, just like for free, like, you know, yeah. chit chat, like yeah, yeah. anything I know that you don't know that you just want to know. So I think it's highly transactional. I think, um, I think a lot of our industry puts them before their client and, you know, I, th I think the reputation is broad, broadly deserved but then having done the job for 20 years you know i know all the chaos and the pain and the mm. frustration and the inefficiency and you know that, that goes into it you know our side of the equation but i i totally get it from the clients totally totally get it and they're the ones who pay the bills and mm. it's their opinion that matters not ours yeah mm. i think that's probably one of the usps that set you apart then going back to the question earlier is the fact that you're maybe trying to build the relationship with the client as opposed to just treat it as a transaction yeah, look, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. In the first couple of years, I was me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah, okay, one hundred percent. No, I, I tried to make it enjoyable. You're a comedian. You want your audience yeah. to laugh, right? You, you know, I mean, if they don't, you're not going to go for it. Fucked, far. yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad we can swear on this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. YouTube recently updated their um their profanity ruling. Did they? Yeah. So, so now we can just, now just swear. You can basically. just swear. Now you're challenging me to come up with something Good. really okay. pokey. What if you one long beep, basically, <laughs> yeah. throughout the episode? Great. More creative, the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're in the service industry, just as you are, you know, you know, yeah, fine. You know, you can, you can knock out dodgy food outside of, you know, some sports venue, but no one's ever going back, you know, mm. and, you know, um, same in our industry. I think it, it, it's not hard to build a good reputation for yourself as an individual consultant. I actually think it's harder for an organization to continually build a reputation for itself because what is difficult is to get just a continuity of standard of service you mm. know the bigger you get yeah but we try hey guys i just wanted to take a second to talk about our sponsor for this episode furniture box furniture box is an online furniture retailer that makes awesome products for everywhere from your bedroom to your office now we actually had monty and dan the co-founders on our show that's how we met we loved their story and we hung out with them afterwards and we knew that we wanted to work with them. And here's the thing. One of the biggest issues I have whenever I've ordered furniture in the past is that certain big name furniture companies, not naming any names, will charge you a fairly large fee for delivery. And even then that delivery usually takes a few days, if not longer. With Furniture Box, not only do they offer free next day delivery, but they're now planning on extending their delivery cutoff even more so that you can literally order a dining set as late as 8 p.m. and be eating dinner on it the next day. So to put it simply there's no one in the uk furniture scene that's doing anything like what they're doing and we're thrilled to have them as our sponsor so click the link in the show notes and check them out now back to the episode so talk me through then some of the hardest moments of the business oh man 
I could go deep here, but I don't think. Let's go deep. Has. No, 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 no. I won't go that deep. I'm thinking d really deep. Yeah. Why, why would yeah. you? Why, well, why would you not go deep? Yeah. There's a, there's obviously one moment. My mum's watching. Okay. Uh, well, I hope she, well she might do one day. Uh, look, Please subscribe. Yeah, I had a fam I'll, I'll tell you really uh, uh, the high lines of a dark story, but I'm, I'm only sharing this because if anybody watches this that is doing their own thing and thinks, oh, it's crap, I, I hear you. I had, a, I had a very important family member work for me for a long time. Work for me is totally the wrong phrase, but I gave a very important uh, member of my family a job, and that person stole for years, unbeknown to me, years and years and years, hundreds of thousands of pounds oh, like when wow. i found out that was very very painful very difficult i don't think i'm over it yet if i'm completely mm. honest with you so it was that and then you got things like the gfc and you've got things like you know i thought brexit was miserable because you just knew it was not going to be a mm. you know a little dip of a recession um I've, you know i've had employees still which is kind of like less painful but not nice it's not easy. Uh, <laughs> of uh, you know just and some of the stuff that's really hurt the most if i'm honest with you is when a client has said to me that was shit you did a shit yeah job. you know and i'm like oh you know really it's, it hurts it's like yeah, physical yeah. pain i yeah. you know i don't like to hear it yeah, when you're in a service industry to, to receive that it's it's never going to be easy right yeah mm. i think uh, look there's one thing no, 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 no disrespect. If you, if you guys work in our business and then, oh, James could have done better. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Tell me why. Okay, great. Thanks for the feedback, James. You could have done better. But when they're like, you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's more personal. It's, it's, yeah. But you know what? It's the same thing. You need to hear it. It's just the same thing as when like you have a night where like the comic before you's had like a great set and then you go up and you just bomb on your ass and yeah. you're just like, I can't blame the crowd. Yeah, no, you can't. The guy right. after me then crushed as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, literally all of you. That's just me. Yeah, that is. And just it's, like, it's like they just don't like me, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah, I get that for real. Um, what what do you think? This is a bit random, but I'm just curious to know your opinion. Um, what do you think about the the whole talk of a four day work week? Because that's been in the news recently. They did a trial that just came out, and apparently the results were like pretty astounding. And he and I have been back and forth on this quite intensely. We, and have. we have, and we have completely polar opposite opinions. Yeah, I'm a flip flopper. I think. Look, if you could give me a cast iron guarantee, forget about Deverell Smith this company my company if i owned any company and if you said i can guarantee you you'll get same amount of effort same amount of commitment same amount of output in four days not five i'd rip your arm off 100 percent, i'd rip your arm off because i'd like a three-day weekend and i'm certain everybody else would where i think it leads so is you just if you switch five to four I think four becomes three and a half in the future. And not in terms of your contracted hours, in terms of mindset and and, and productivity and output. I, I can't see that it goes the other way. I just cannot see it. Mm. I can't see it. I, I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Well, what do you think? I mean, the idea of three, I mean, I think the overall thought of thought process of it is that you know, mindfulness and, and well-being is becoming more important. I think more and more people are realizing that they don't actually want to sell most of their life. It's not just year-wise, but time-wise to a company that they, they're not necessarily passionate about. Yeah. You know, um, that's a really well, that, that's a really interesting choice of language that you've used. Now, I might be different because my name's above the door of my own shop, but... You know, I, I look at peace of mind and mindfulness and well, mental well-being around being secure, um, you know, reasonably affluent, you know, and for sure in my um, time, I've had periods of being skinter than skinned. Um, you know, well-being and mindfulness is an interesting, it's, it's, I just don't buy that it's a direct line to time invested in work. You know, I... I, 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 you know, I, I, I think that's quite a, not to dig you out. I just think it's quite a sort of negative way of looking at work. You know, I think, I think work can be deeply healthy 
I can I, I agree. Comple- I completely agree with that. And and as someone who loves working, as does he, you know, we're building our own thing. We've got a lot of irons in the fire, and we're working, you know, seven days a week, constantly on FaceTime to each other when we're not together. You know, it's constant. Yeah. But I then also. I then have to sometimes step back and say, well, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm someone who wants to run his own business and I always have been that person as has he and as are you. And so do you think it's different when, as you said, your name is on the door, you're passionate about what you do, but there are some people where, you know, they don't love, if it is recruitment, they don't love recruitment, but it's a paycheck and they're good at it and they need to feed their family. But if they can be as productive and get a bit more time on things that they enjoy doing or, you know, spend more time with their children or whatever it might be, do you think that's the worst thing? I don't think so. Of course, I don't think it's worth saying. I, I, I just think it's like, I think everyone should do themselves in life, you know. And if it doesn't conform to who we are, doesn't make us bad people or them bad people. Mm. Like, you know, go, 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 go another, go another path. I just don't really buy into clock in, clock out mentality. Like, uh, fundamentally, uh, I just don't see it being as simple as that. I think happy people um, and successful people to a degree are able to just kind of f- kind of interweave these different parts of their lives together. Mm. You know, I'm I'm a dad of three. You know, my wife has it harder than me. You know, I I I, I kind of do get the challenges of time balance. Certainly, once kids arrive on the scene, mm. but I just don't think it. I, I just. I just it's don't not as think binary as it's that. sort of yeah. It, I don't think you can clock in, clock off, unless like you really say right that you know time out for yeah. a period of time. Yeah, and then that is absolutely right thing. I think it's almost maybe even in some ways because I, I think that's a great point. Because sorry, just on this point. Yeah, yeah. Go, it's like flexible working. I'm one million percent behind. We're just about to acquire business, acquire a business in that space. I truly, truly believe in that. So here I am you know, working flexibly and texting you guys, my colleagues on a Sunday going, bish, bash, 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 that's all of my ideas. You know, so I'm working and you're not. So what do you do? Are you looking at emails? Are you not looking at emails? Are you replying to emails? Are you not? So I just don't, that's why I don't believe in this sort of just regimented Monday to Thursday stop. You know, we've yeah. got clients overseas that work different days and all the rest of it. Like it's not, I just can't see that it's that simple. Yeah, I don't think it is, but I do I do think that there is a cutoff when you're not the person with the risk of the business, if that makes sense. Because so then if you are coming the, in as an employee, you're just not naturally you're not as invested as the owner of that particular business. Yeah. And I, I, the expectation is not the same. I get that, but I, having been in only one industry, but I've studied what success in real estate looks like for twenty years. And I guarantee you what it looks like in real estate it looks the same as in technology mm. or, you know, insurance. Pick any industry, right? Not for me to tell somebody, you know, to work harder consistently or longer hours or, you know, all of those things. But what I will tell you till so I go to my grave is like there was a recipe to higher production higher earnings higher you know f- faster career you know success that it's absolutely anyone's choice as to what they want to do with their life mm. i couldn't care less other than like you know love one another and don't start wars but you know you know sometimes the route out of the place you're in is to work your way out of it is that is this that is a- like I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like, that is, no, that is I think, true. I, do agree I think maybe also a lot of people, because I think I'm I'm probably more vitriolic uh, around this subject than maybe the average person. Because I, I remember when I was in that world, there was a lot of clock in, clock out, and a lot what of world? Um, The corporate world in various regards, the kind of office, nine to five, get on the central line, you know, nine to five, yeah, yeah. go home, go home. But if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Like- no, I agree. No, no, I agree. But I'm saying for people who might be... Um, that's their life. They can't, they can't necessarily leave. Maybe they're too deep into it or that's their skill set or they've suddenly got, you know, family they need to pay for, whatever, whatever it might be that that's their life. Right. Mm. And I think I remember being in that world and there was a lot of timekeeping and there was a lot of like, there would be days where I'd stay late and I'd work late. Um, there'd be days where I might have to cover something on a weekend and I would, and that would be just, oh yeah, cheers. But then on the flip side of it, you know, if, if it's, you get people going, 
it's 10 2 what's what it's 10 2 and i'm like it's, 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 yeah it is. it is but i think that's the problem because that's how you know it's the same people that rise up against flexible working now it's like well i don't think you should work from home why do i have to sweat my nuts off on the bakerloo line because you want to go into an office like i get to each their own if you want to go in you go in yeah but i think it's the same thing like if you've got someone breathing down your neck being like uh, it's 10 3 you're meant to be in at 10 what are you talking yeah, about yeah 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 i think it's more around like look if you were consistently late hmm that would just piss me off, right? Yeah, there's a balance, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. If someone's taking them, but, then yeah. Like, it's back to my statement around holiday. If I'm having to, if I'm noticing you're three minutes late, there's a bigger problem. Like, yeah. You know, you're probably just doing a shit job. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, and also late, you know, and it's symptomatic. This whole, this whole, this whole, you know, it is not, it's not complicated in most careers to be better than your peers. You just have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for any walk of life. It's like, you know, you will, you know, certain certain things like sports and what have you, genetics really kick in. But not my industry. You know, it's like turn up, do the do the work, do it consistently. You know, do ten percent more than the guys yeah. sit next to you, and you get you'll get twenty five percent luckier. You know, mm. it's, it's 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 inversely, um, is that the right word? But you you know, kind of linear, yeah. It, well, more so, yeah. There is something really nice about the fact that, as you said, in, unlike certain instances where family money or connections or genetics might pay, play a part in a lot of walks of life, it is just if you graft harder, you will get further, which is quite a nice nice way to look at Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah. Although I suppose one question I'm curious to know is how different do you think Deverell Smith would be if you didn't do commission? So if you just had higher base salaries? Can you do that in recruitment? Yeah. No, I don't think, well, some places do, but it's quite few and far between. Recruitment places do yeah. that. They yeah. just pay you, but then you, you get a you get a higher basic salary, but you don't get a commission or. Bonus but then you're not incentivized to create deals. Well, that's yeah, but that's that, that's my. Aren't point. you though? This, like, this is, that's that's my question. It's is, like, well, if you're getting paid more, you might be incentivized more to actually do more. Oh, I don't know, man. Sales is eat what you kill. Well, no, it is, but I'm just curious to hear your perspective. That's a great, yeah, good question. I think I'm leaning more in your direction. Like I serve a lot of sales cultures, you know. Um, it's a great question. Yeah, like if 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 I could afford to, you know, really go all in on the experiment, I'd do it. I think high performing that one percent that everybody wants, like their motivation is not mm. intrinsically intrinsically linked to the because uh, I get that. Like they want to be brilliant first, and they know the money comes second. Yeah, I think. Um, the danger of that is you create a very flabby environment where lots of people are bluntly, you know, comfortable enough to not do the necessary steps that not just the company needs, but the, 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 the customers need, you know, make, please make a load of phone calls on my behalf and help me out. Yeah. So, um, I generally like, this isn't a, my business thing, but when I, when I'm advising clients, I think. Sales jobs generally should probably carry a minimum bonus commission quantum of 100% of salary. When I see sales jobs carrying like 25, 30%, you know, I, there's your 40 base, you know, yeah, you can make 50. I don't think that turns on high performers. I agree. Now, whether the salary is 100 for the year, get to the full year, and we might pay you another 100. That's, that's quite interesting. But I think it has, yeah, I'm, I, I, th- I think I think it should be balanced, not just in commit. I don't like the word commission, but in results. Yeah. And results can be customer feed or should be customer feedback. Um, you know, uh, longevity of what you do. You know, it's one thing to put somebody into a job; it's another thing to you know have them stay there and be impactful, which is what I find really fulfilling. So there's loads of ways you can cut it, but um, we get to get there. Yeah. No, I'm inclined to agree. I think you end up dragging up the bottom 10% and almost dragging down the top, I, yeah. top 1% to 10%, if you like, so you get that sort of bit in the middle. What we do, though, is um, have something which is you only access your bonus or commission structure once you trigger. So if if you've been in our business two years, and let's just say your basic salary is £30,000, and you've been in our business four years, and let's just say your basic salary is £45,000, because that's what happens in sales jobs, you get... You know, you have a good course of promotion, promotion, promotion. Yeah. I, I would argue whatever, everybody in their mind has a happy place, they, whether they articulate it or not. They've got a number in their head, which is like, oh, I can relax. Nothing wrong with relaxing. You know, that's my happy place. 
in recruitment generally, these people get these bumps and then, but their production doesn't go on, you know, their billings or production, as I call it, doesn't go in line with the salary increases. And so if you build £250,000 and you build £250,000, I would argue your performance is so much better because you've got less experience and you obviously worked harder to get to the same number. Mm -hmm. And so we try and over reward this person over that person because it's about return on salary. I mean, I think it's fair that any company in the world, the more they pay somebody, the more they should expect in return. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. What do you think um, about the impact of uh, of AI on your space? What kind of thing? How do you think that's going to go? Well, it's coming. It certainly, certainly. is. Um, I, as a father of three, my eldest is 13, my middle one's 10, 11. They're so much more technologically advanced than I am. Um, and I'm, I can't imagine where they'll be in you know, mm. come school leaving age. Mm. I think um, it's a very bold or foolish leader who says, not going to impact my business. Can I see clearly how to leverage it to the standard that I would like our customers to experience right now? Not quite. Am I looking at it hard? Yes. Um, do I think it presents huge opportunities for our business? Yes. For the people working within it. You know, I, th I think there's a hell of an opportunity. Um, does it keep me up at night that, that, that recruitment consultants are going to be out of jobs um, because of the ro robots? N not yet. I think, I think there are other jobs that. at risk. I th I th yeah, I think it's a long way off until you get the sort of the relationship-based roles that are, that, are, that then go. You know, the thing about it is, I don't know. I, don't know. I think recruitment is one yeah. of those, like, like nursing, right? You know, and nurses have it 20,000 times harder than recruitment consultants have it. But I think when there's a human at every point in the equation, touch, touch, touch point, then I think... Um, it's going to be, have to be a really, really, really capable robot. Not to say, and, and recruiters get a terrible reputation because it's hard because you screw it up and because you know you get it, you get it wrong. I just don't see a robot being able to do that. But I think AI around how we can make the job easier, more enjoyable for the humans in the mix of doing the job, I think that's mega exciting. Mm. No, it'll be really exciting to see how it plays out. Very exciting. Um, one thing I wanted to ask actually is what, what stopped you from going down the sort of RPO route? So for anyone listening, that's like recruitment process outsourced. So it's sort of on-site recruitment. I don't think you've done your due diligence there, James. You've, you've got, you've got an RPO. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We we launched one a year, year or so ago. It's called Hintel. Hintel. Okay, fine. Um, and yeah, you know, I, um, you know, it's a space we absolutely want to be in. I think with the scale we've built, with the IP that we've got, with the data that we've got, uh, with the quality of people that we've got. I think, um, it sounds really arrogant, but I, I, I think we can build a structure um, that's the best our clients will have seen. I don't think it'd be perfect. That's not to say that we don't need to, you know, it doesn't need to be a full RPO either. You know, you're in-house, right? It might be that we come along and say, look, let us do that 20% because we, you know, we, we both know I'm better at that bit or my firm's better at that bit, but let us take care of that, which gives you 80% to worry about. Yeah. So I actually see the future as that. I see the future more as collaborative okay. partnerships rather than sack James, let us come yeah. in and do a better job for you, Mr. Client. Okay. Um, yeah. But RPO, um, Again, I, th I think I think in some ways it's attracted a bad bad reputation in that you know one size fits all commoditized like you know um, screw the sh supply chain you know so that's not our vision. Our vision is to do sort of smaller RPO projects or jobs or on behalf of smaller firms, but really try and build something that's bespoke and fit for purpose. And wh where I get most frustrating recruitment always is when I talk to somebody on the client side of the fence that is not aligned with. You know the exec co, the board, or, mo or most importantly, in the end, in certain, certainly in terms of private companies, in my view, the shareholders. 
you know mm. i get really frustrated when you know the boss and yet you know one layer or two layers but no you're getting a completely different message because i just you know i've been that guy as well yeah. it's like it's exhausting yeah mm. about no i bet we ask one question basically at the end of all of our interviews um which is uh, obviously as you know uh, the main premise of the show is to ask people about kind of the nitty-gritty and the practical um so if there was one piece of practical advice that you could give to anyone listening who may already have a business or maybe looking to start one um one practical actionable piece of advice you know less uh, believe in yourself and more to do with anything budgeting hiring marketing whatever you like what would you say well the first one is not what you've asked for, but in my experience, 17 years in now, I would say trust yourself. Because as you grow, you get people, you're very lucky you put people around yourself and, you know, that's a blessing and you've, you know, I've, I'm, I find that deeply, deeply um, mind-blowing in a way that people would still, like, see me as somebody that they want to pin their colours to. But when I've not, when I've gone against my instincts, always regretted it you know always so i think that's the most important thing that i tell myself it's like you know when your gut saying this is a decision and you know you kick it around you have board meetings you know, cha, 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 cha. that's 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 the message to myself practically i would say it's you know Oh, God, there's so many, but I, I think you've got to keep control of your cost base. It's very, very easy mm. for that to just creep up, creep up, creep up. And the problem with that is that, you know, you close your eyes, you wake up, you're in a place you don't want to be, and you have to do things that are um, unpleasant. Mm. So I think, you know, controlling that, controlling your cash flow, critical, otherwise you will go out of business. And... And then I think it's probably about brand, you know, for me. It's like um, try and be visible, try and be authentic, try and be consistent with that. Because if you set out a customer promise to people, I think it's easier to then, you know, get the business to, well, in some ways, I think it's easier to engage your people to really believe in that. Hmm. I, I, I certainly don't think I'm brilliant at it, but I, when I... When I, that's one of the things when we score ourselves good, bad, indifferent. I think we've consistently been all right at that. Amazing. Interesting. Thank you so much. It's been a very introspective conversation. It has. Um, yeah, it has. Very pensive. Um, thank you so much for being here, Andrew. Um, let people know where can they find you, you know, plug away. Uh, Cannon Street, London, uh, New York. <laughs> uh, Deverell Smith, you, you'll find it. It's one of those names that, you, you, you know, unfortunately... Uh, I was stuck with, but um, you'll find us online. And if you're in real estate and you want to talk about talent, then it would be it'd be really great to hear from anybody. So thank you, Make thanks guys for having me. No, thank you for coming on. No, it's really, such a pleasure. Really good chat. Intensive and introvert. Intro yeah, it's been. Yeah. Uh, Does that mean boring? No, it means <laughs> definitely not. Not at all. Uh, no, it means thoughtful. Not. It means deep. Yeah, deep. But it means thoughtful. It means thoughtful. Yeah, we've covered topics that we haven't oh. covered with other people. Yeah, I wanted to branch it out a little bit, and it's yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's Tell us a joke, then you're the comedian. Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. Here we, we cut off right here, <laughs> guys. Thank right you so here. much for tuning <laughs> yeah. in. Um, obviously, check us out on uh, on all the different platforms. Uh, wherever you're listening, if you're on audio, make sure to rate us five stars and leave us a review. Uh, and obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, then subscribe and turn on post notifications uh, so that you never miss another video. Uh, we've got an amazing set of guests coming up. Um, but right now, thank you so much to Andrew for for coming on, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Take care. Cheers, guys.